Online poker is back in the USA. AmericasCardsRoom.com, your premier site for real money cash game and tournament poker, is raising the stakes on December 14th with the Winning Millions Poker Tournament. This $1 million guaranteed is the biggest online poker tournament to hit the U.S. in nearly four years. Right now, you can buy in directly for just $540 or win a free seat through our daily free roll. AmericasCardsRoom.com will help you get started with a huge 100% first deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you enter the bonus code CASH. This is the tournament you've been waiting for. Download and deposit today. AmericasCardsRoom.com Okay, welcome to episode 25 of Ask Alex on the OneOuter.com podcast with me, Barry Chalmers, and Alex the Assassinato Fitzgerald. You can get all previous episodes from OneOuter.com or search OneOuter on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com, that's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. And also join the Facebook group for free at Facebook.com slash groups slash OneOuter. And that way you'll be kept up to date when new podcasts come out, any promotions Alex or myself are running, and just altogether like any news. And you can also post your questions to Alex that way. Um, so let's introduce him. Here he is from Costa Rica, Alex Fitzgerald. <laughs> What's good, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. You sounded a little bit pissed off before we came on air, uh, but I wanted to just get on with the, you know, I kind of stopped you ranting, so we'll get on to the podcast quick, so you could, and I said, you know, save it for this, so what, what's up? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's funny when you put, I, I don't, ah, man, it's like, okay, here's the thing, here's my morning, let me give you guys a brief glimpse into my morning, okay? I just want, because I hear a lot of like, man, you lucky, I was playing cash last night, and this guy went into this epic monologue about like how I'm just lucky and all this other shit right you know what I mean because I was playing on America's card room our great fantastic site so everybody knows who I am there whereas normally I like to be a little more under the radar when I play cash but there I'm just assassinato but yeah I mean and it was funny to me because I was thinking about that this morning I would normally not look at my morning in this light but this was my morning I wake up at 6 a.m. I make myself breakfast because I'm not going to wake my wife up at the crack of dawn uh to do it for me i make a pot of coffee i answer all my social media inquiries i print out my agenda for the day i gotta deliver groceries to my mother because my mother uh, she doesn't move around as fast as she used to you know and she lives alone so like i gotta get the grocery delivery well the first password doesn't work so i i fix the password i go back in that password doesn't work even though it just said it worked through the website i have to reroute and then I get that password working. I finally send my mother some groceries. Then I have to call the maid service that's going to go help her out. I have to send them out today. I have to write someone about my debit card not working because my debit card stopped working yesterday, even though I filed a lot of things to get it back working. I have to figure out why my safe pass at Bank of America isn't working. Now that I, this is after a buddy in my like did a swap, and I was like, yeah, let me send you the money on a. Uh, 
Bank of America, and then it's like, uh-oh, your safe pass for some random reason. Safe pass is some security thing. Uh, it's just for some reason it's not working. So I had to call a friend of mine uh, and go, hey, could you just send uh, 7000 to a buddy of mine? Because I just told him I'd send it to him, and I don't know him as well as you. And then I don't know when I can pay you back, but I'll get it to you. Uh, one of my affiliates is not tracking correctly. And by the way, this is going to take a long time, but let me just go. <laughs> all right. I want you all to know what it's like. Uh, oh, yeah. My importer to the States, uh, I have to talk to a new one this morning because my old importer is not uh, tried to scam me. And like I, I just had my well, I, this happened a while ago, but my 30 inch screen blew up that I play poker on. So I have to even though it was connected to a surge protector. Uh, so now I have to get a new one. My second affiliate is not tra tracking correctly. I need to get a dude on the phone. My digital assistant in Pakistan did something wrong. My I had to write my digital assistant in San Francisco. I had to talk to my actual assistant who's visiting the house. I had to call my mother to make sure she got home safe. I had to call a company to fix my garage door. I have to scream at a street vendor who has been in front of my house for four minutes that, no, I do not want any fucking papayas. I have to scream at my security guard for letting another one of these dumbasses into my residential complex. I have to talk to my web designer about why he hasn't renewed the server. And then I have to ch talk to Jack Welch because he has the old login details. And I'm going to stop myself there. But this is my morning. Okay. Well, you forget you forget one thing. Then you need to talk to me. I gotta talk well. to you, but that's like, <laughs> I mean, like people are like, why do you do this for free? Honestly, this is fun. Like this is fun. You know what I mean? This is fun getting to talk to people and all that stuff. I just like I had to go into this rant because people are like, hey man, you're not a real poker player. You don't play as much anymore. How do you think I pay for all this shit? How do you think I support my mother, all these employees, my household? I, hey, man, you're an asshole because you don't have two hours a night to fuck around on IM anymore. Hey, man, you've changed. And, and yeah, that, that. anyway, uh, so you're so lucky. You are so lucky. It's like I would love to see you guys do this. I would love to see you guys wake up at 6 a.m., work a full-time job, and then go play poker and work a full-time job until 10 p.m. I would love to see you all do it. You know, be my guest. Be my guest. Take your best shot. Anyway, uh <laughs> you, you got that out of your system. Yeah, I got it out, man. I got it out. I know okay. you guys appreciate a good rant, and it had been a while. It had been too kosher. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. So it's it's not all strategy articles. And <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I mean, this is the grind. And by the way, this is what you get to look forward to. This is what you get to look forward to. Put in your yeah. hours, kids. You might get this one day. Yeah, this this ranting lunatic is success in the poker world. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. We all don't yeah. have this like ethereal high from it, from like Phil Locke. I mean, but this yeah. is like, I mean, this is kind of the interesting thing. Like, once you get into it, it's kind of like you being a grown man. And I know you and I have talked about this before, but it's like there is a bit of like a there is a bit of a satisfaction. Uh, you know, like being a grown man, taking care of your thing. When you look at it all from the outset, it's kind of like, oh, my God, look at how much this is. But once you get into it, it's pretty, you know, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a rush from it, like getting it all done. But, yeah, this is uh, I mean, this is a little more like but it's it's kind of like you were a chef. 
and you know, you really enjoyed cooking. And then it's like, well, you want to make more money. You got to get into the restaurant owning business, but then you can't cook as much. You know what I mean? So you, uh, yeah, yeah you get, you get into the business side and everything. It's, uh, yeah, you got, you got to watch as well that you just don't become busy for the sake of being busy. Yeah. Well. That, that, that can happen. You know, people think that. Anyway, let's let's get on with the question. Yes. and that, that you can. This is your therapy. So, yeah, that was you know, my therapy. That, that was my therapy. Yeah. That's my rant. Anyway, that's it. Okay, the first question is from a guy who's actually sent three questions in. Nice. So uh, there's there's no rules. You know, you can send as many as you want. Uh, it doesn't mean we'll manage to read them all out on a show, but we're going to manage to do his three. But I'm going to save one for the end because it's a nice one to finish on. So the first question from Ed Kilworth is. When is your free month on card runners available to? Because I'm too busy this month to buy and uh, watch them. Uh, it's uh, right now we do not have an end date, but this is not the kind of thing I would expect in perpetuity. Is that how you say that? Indefinitely. So indefinitely, indefinitely because uh, I mean it, it is $160 normally for the first two months, and now it's $30. So it goes from. You know, that's a 85% discount or something like that. I would not expect that to keep up. You know, Card Runners is really cool to do that because I said, you know, hey, man, I, I want to get my guys on. I want to bring in the signups. And I said, you know, the one-outer guys are really into this. And, you know, they they come out for like the – you guys come out for everything. And it's like this is the best value thing I could do for you. Like it, it's just going to be hours and hours of – even if I'm the only guy you watch, it would be worth it. You know what I mean? Because there's so many, I, I, I contribute videos every month. My problem right now is, you know, they obviously, I do more videos than I think they can publish. So like trying to, you know, I'm getting as much content as I could possibly get out there. But there's also guys like Ape Styles, who I think is like top five in the world. He does videos there. I just... You know, I just kick back and watch his videos at night and stuff, yeah. stuff like that. And then there's Timex and the Memory. I mean, this is just on the MTT side. There's a ton of great stuff with cash games. And for those of you who haven't heard about it, free month, all capital letters, promo code at Cardrunners, sign up, and that'll give you uh, two months for $30. Uh, it's, I think it's $30 a month after that. They waived the sign-up fee for us. I, I still can't really believe it. And if you have an expired Card Runners account, write support at cardrunners.com uh, with all capitals free month in the title. Yeah, cool. And the details of that will be in the podcast post on com as well. Um, so you can have a think about that and get into it. But as Alex said, it's probably not going to be in. In fact, it's definitely not going to be an uh, indefinite uh, offer. So maybe check out in the new year and stuff that way. Uh, hopefully it's still running then. You can get a couple of months for $30, which is an absolute bargain, $15 a month. I mean, Yeah, for the first yeah, two really. months, for the first two months. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, be, yeah, for the first let's two be, months. Yeah. Because I was saying, you know, it's $15 a month for the first two months. Then I started dropping off that preposition for the first two months, and then they got like 30 emails like, is it really $15 <laughs> a month? And they're like, Alex, like you got to be specific. Yeah. Anyway, continuing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the next question he has from Ed is when categorizing making notes on players how important is it to use shark scope for info is it value for money I mean it's uh, yeah for the money it's definitely worth it it's uh 
I, I, I don't do it as often. There's a lot of guys who have really solid statistics who I think are pretty garbage. Uh, I mean, they've just – they play a dead basic game, and they've banked a few times, so they look stable. And then there's guys who, uh, you know, a lot of people – like, if you just look at overall earnings and stuff like that, uh, if you just look at overall earnings and stuff like that, you it wouldn't be that impressive. But if you look at their graph and it's just a very steady progression – it would, uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted because the phone is, of course, going on during this. But uh, it, it's, uh, it, if you see the steady progression, that's really nice to see because you're like, oh, this guy is really consistent. So it definitely helps. And uh, it also lets you know, like, what kind of player it is. If he kind of, like, dropped off, like, in 2009, 2010, but had a lot of really good stats before that, he's probably a very. Uh, it, it's probably one of the more basic regs, kind of like Poker X Factor 2007-ish, uh, it, it, just because that was the premier site uh, back then for MTTs. That's kind of what I always think of. And uh, if, you know, the guy's done really well over the last couple of years, it's like he's probably much more three-bet intensive, perhaps a little more perceptive because it's a lot harder to do that well and if you see it's all you know it's always good saying like oh the guy just had a big score it's probably going to be hard to bluff him right now because mm. he's uh you know he's uh he's feeling it and if the guy's been in a bad run uh it, maybe you can get a few more over on him because he's just been seeing a lot of hands fail lately so it's nice to have there but i think uh between a decision between like having like a hundred hands on a guy or having a shark scope, I think I'd always have a hundred hands on a guy as small a sample as that is. And uh, of course, if it were at the table, you were just that, not from three years ago or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I I think one thing about it is it's good. Like you say, for checking out recent scores and, if the guy's, what his biggest score and stuff is, especially if you're at latter stages in a tournament, um, and the money jumps, you know, you look at this guy's a regular, I don't know, $10, you know, average buy-in or something, and his biggest score is like 4K, then if first's 15 or 20K, then he, it might affect his play and stuff like that, so... It's it's a good tool, isn't it? It's just another another tool. That is a really good point. Yeah, seeing what stakes the guy normally plays is really interesting to me, and also how much the guy plays because sometimes, like let's say, you know, I'll be playing with a guy from China who's obviously rotating like five grad students on a schedule to get the supernova elite, whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? And uh, his average buy-in is literally like $1.26 or like $3.47. And now you're playing like a 109, you're playing for like 20K. And it's like, well, technically this should be a lot for him, but over 70,000 games, this guy probably has a very basic game, you know, that he just probably reverts to. Now, if you see the guy doesn't play that much and he's in over his head, this is a guy who's very likely to choke. He doesn't have, like, muscle memory. So you got to find out if he's a very loose player, probably the way he's going to choke is calling you down way too wide. On the ace-king seven board, you probably should go for three streets because he's probably calling down. If a flush draw misses, uh, I mean, you should go for three streets with ace-jack or ace-queen. And, uh, you know, if the guy's, like, kind of nittier, you know, you should do those bigger bluffs because he's probably not going to find the call deep in that tournament. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so that's another tour. So with Sharkscope and your two free months, first two free months at Cars Runners, uh, it's a good little, if you're buying yourself a Christmas present, I remember we answered questions on that yes. uh, a few weeks ago for poker players. So maybe something to look at. Get your Card Runners membership and invest in Sharkscope. Um, okay, the next question is from Chris Perkins. Uh, which poker game is still most unsolved? Also, will No Limit Holding always be the most popular game? Uh, hell if I know. I never get to play other games anymore. But no, nah, no. Nah, most unsolved? Uh, I mean, you got to think of... I, I think the one that like people have the hardest time with is PLO. Just because the Combinatronics, or however you pronounce it, is just such a pain in the ass. Like, it has taken me so much study to get good with one hold'em hand on a board. And uh, guys like Phil Galfond, when they're playing high six PLO, people don't realize they're playing six different no-limit hold'em hands at the same time. On um, And now, so, like, when those guys are, like, multi-tabling, that just makes my head explode because that's so hard to do. Now, I is that game really not solved not really. I, I think it's just harder to put particulars on a lot of things. Uh, most unsolved. I mean, the it, it, Deuce to Seven, uh, No Limit, is one of those games that's just like a very pure... Uh, it's like a very... It, it It's just a very pure poker game. Like, if you're sitting across the table from a guy, it really comes down to, do you feel this guy has it or he doesn't? And... However, that's a pretty easy game to solve mathematically because it's, well, with like, a, if the guy draws, if you're in position in that game, that's a really big deal. Because if the guy draws one card, I, it's like a Jack Lowe is a favorite over any, like, even like the, the nut deuce to seven draw drawing to one card. So you have to stand pat with a Jack because you have, a little bit of an edge, but now let's say you make a no limit and that guy leads out into you the size of the pot and you, you know, you still have to look at the guy across from you and go, is he, you know, snowing you? Is he bluffing you? And by the way, this is a game I've played like four times in my life. So if I'm getting the terminology <laughs> and stuff wrong, it's uh, I mean, it's something like that. Those are like the games that are really, uh, those are the games that really are tough. The game I really love that, uh, it was played a lot, like, in Britain. And, uh, I, I mean, kind of united... Growing up in the States, playing poker was pretty boring because everything was limit when I was a kid. And right. uh, limit is solvable. That is a easy game to solve. And, you know, you would go to home games, and it would be, they'd be like, dealer's choice, anything goes. And, you know, you would call out a game that everybody would cheer for in uh, any part of the United Kingdom or in Germany or something, and people would groan. And one of those, one of those games that I loved was No Limit uh, Seven Card Stud. That is a very tough game. Like, because, I mean, at the, if you get to that river, that river is intense because there's three cards down. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And uh, it's pretty hard to d come up with all the combinations when there's three concealed cards. I mean, the guy could have... He could be roll. I mean, he could have three of a kind underneath, and you'd have no idea, you know. Yeah. So it really comes down. Now, there's a lot of. I think this would be like the most unsolved game in my head because there's 
when I played that game, there was so much leading up to that river card that was definable because it, it was a lot like No Limit Hold'em. The guy had two concealed cards and a board. And, but it was just so much more intense because the cards came out one at a time. There were so many more betting rounds. And then that last card was like, all bets are off. Like, now, you know, let's see if you got it. Like, let's see who's yeah. got the chutzpah and who can develop the table image to actually get over bluffs and stuff like that. And that taught me a lot more about poker. Like, the stuff you can't really explain in a – the stuff you can't really explain in training videos, but why it is so stupid to have a image like Assassinato back when he was, you know uh, – if I can talk about myself in the third person, like Lennox Lewis, but like uh, when you, you know, like I had a really bad image for a while and like for the last, I mean, I've always had a bad image, but why that's so bad. Whereas a guy like uh, uh, Ape Styles to a lesser extent, but like a Simon Charette has like our Andrew Chen. These guys have nitty images and they're not nits. You know what I mean? They can do a block. Yeah. And that's something like seven card stud, like no limit or pot limit can teach you because you can pull off some serious bluffs if you cultivate an image over a home game over weeks and stuff. And that stuff is like impossible to solve. You can't really express it other than some uh, uh, abstract articles that you can discuss. But that, that's really something about being a poker player, being an old school poker player. Yeah, so he also, there was two parts, he says, and will Hold'em always be the most popular game? Uh, I, I think so, just because of the simplicity of it, and you know, it, it's it, it's kind of hard to get past a game that's pretty easy to learn, and just so hard to master. And it, the other thing is, a lot of people know a lot about Hold'em right now, and it's like what in with most people in life, would you like to you, it, would you like to learn something completely new and feel like a dumbass? for a few months or would you like to go back to something that's familiar that you're actually considered pretty okay at? Most people would take the latter option. It, it really takes, uh, but there's more money if you explore the other games. Uh, I think that's, I, I, I think Brian Townsend and all those guys play mixed games now. And I, th I think that's where they really like to make their money just because, you know, a lot of, if you're going to go play with like rich businessmen as well, like they really like, those games, unfortunately, they like limit, which bores me to tears. But it's uh, it, it's still worth uh, exploring. Yeah, the other the other thing I would say about Hold'em is the popularity in terms of it already has, and also the World Series coverage and every basically televised poker is all Hold'em. Mm -hmm. So when people start the material out there is all Hold'em, Hold'em, Hold'em. So I, I think it would be hard for that to not be the most popular game. I mean, never say never, but certainly for the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I would say hold them, you know, because there's just so much history of it, like existing coverage and TV games and YouTube clips and everything. You know, it's all hold them. That is poker. And also popular culture when it's done in the movies these days. It's all hold them. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. A lot. Um, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, and that's it. And the other thing I was saying, you touched on it with the my, my favorite t days in terms of playing poker were a few years ago when I used to play cash games at the local casino, and it was dealer's choice. Oh. We would play, we would play like six card Omaha. Wow! You know? And wow. that was what what a game. You know, it was pot limit. 
uh, six card Omaha, but it's like you could call like uh, no limit stud, you know, if you wanted and stuff like that. And it was just, I mean, six card Omaha, what a game! And also, you you got three card Irish or four card Irish. Which <laughs> I I think I think it's pineapple, isn't it? It's it's you. You get three cards and then you discard one on the floor. Yeah, we, and then, we call it. And then, then it's hold them. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So those games, I mean, in terms of playing cash and having a good night, like in a live casino, they blew hold them out of the water for me, actually. Oh, of um, course. Because if you're playing with, you know, some guys, I mean, I was playing six card Omaha. Some of the people there were, were holding their own outs in their hand. <laughs> You know, and they're when when they put their hand down at the end, you're looking, going like, "How the fuck could you call?" You know, and they they don't know. They they're just playing it like hold 'em, and um, where like they think, you know, bottom set is 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 you know is the nuts and, so, and six card Omaha. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. Of course. Uh, that the hands you see, and it's great fun and to gamble in action. I mean, what a game! I mean, that that was that was great. That's like, I mean, to me, like when I started playing cards, like in high school. Okay, we, like Hold'em was the game on TV, but you would play Hold'em, and uh, it was just a boring-ass game because it was just, okay, uh, one guy raised pre-flop, a couple guys called, one guy hit top pair, he bet, everybody folded. And eventually I was like, I'm never going to make money at this. So I started doing games like that. We had, uh, we had every variation. Uh, I, we played Pineapple, Tahoe, if other people have heard of that. That's like Omaha, but with just three cards. We play pot limit Omaha. We play a variant of Omaha where two cards were up, two cards were down. And uh, also wild cards. That was because, like, I would make, like, twos and eights wild, right? And then there would be a kid who was like, I got four of a kind. I remember my dad got this once, and everybody went, ooh, ah, at, like, the Christmas table, you know, when we were all (laughs) home for the holidays. Okay, I put ten bucks in. Well, four of a kind isn't anything anymore, you know, so – yeah, and that was where I kind of made all my money is just, like, hustling wild card games in the back of classes. <laughs> and, like, that was, like, when I was starting. And, like, if there was a lo- – by the way, that would break eight different laws, like not having, having like, a de- dealer's choice game in the United States. Like, there's special places you can do it, but it's always on, like, an Indian tribal ground or something like that. <laughs> but if you have a game like that near you, like – go home and like figure out the math, like run through the hands or something like that. And remember if there's no programs or anything, there's a lot more money in it because if you can easily Google it, even if you can easily Google it, a lot of times there's a lot of money in it because your competition's not doing it. But if you have to just run through the hands to like figure it out or like, you know, do a little remedial math, which you can, infer just by learning about the math from Hold'em or something like that, you'll kill those games, especially, yeah, making it no limit, like six. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I poker, poker is my job and I don't get that excited about it that often, but I would love like to play six card Omaha. That sounds insane <laughs> at a casino too, where nobody could, you know, like put a gun to my head and take my winnings. Yeah. It was great games. I mean, when they used to have the festivals, the local tournament festival, like the Spring Series and stuff like that, the cash games would get pretty, you know, it would, uh. it would 
good. It was it was great fun. It really was great fun. And there was guys there that would just gamble. You know, guys with money that were just gambling. They weren't poker players. And they're playing six zero, and you were just sitting, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's like this is amazing. You you're like you're so blessed. All of you listening in like Ireland or Scotland or England or whatever. You know, it's like because like if I go to the local casino here. One, one, it's like, it, 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 well, I'm not, it, it's, I don't want to talk that bad about it, but like, they, they might, like, somebody in the game might just call a crooked cop in Costa Rica and they'll pull me over on the way back and they'll be like, well, I'll either take you downtown and put you in prison or you can pay me $400 right here. You know, <laughs> and stuff like that, like, happens in Costa Rica. And then, like, yeah, back in the day in the States, you just get robbed. And it's not like you can go to the yeah. police. Like, hey, I was coming out of this illegal poker game and this asshole took my weed and my money. What are you guys going to do about it? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, that's it. Nah, you, it's put me in the mood of playing like uh, yeah. some dealer, dealer's choice cash games. Uh, it was it's good fun, and the amount of times you could sit down with like a hundred pounds and run it up to like five, six hundred, sometimes over a grand. You know, it's quite quite regular. That's fun. Uh, yeah, great fun. Uh, okay, the next question is from Sean. Uh, no surname. Uh, I know it's a wide question. But any overall tips, hints on playing pocket pairs, say twos up to eights, with a stack of, say, 20 to 30 big blinds? Hey, uh, my reception went out for a second. Could you repeat it? All right. Yeah, yeah, it's from Sean. Uh, I know it's a wide question, but any overall tips or hints on playing pocket pairs, say twos up to eights, uh, with a stack of 20 to 30 big blinds? Well, it's like Antonio Esfandiari says. Pocket pairs are really easy to play unless you don't flop a set. And, yeah, yeah but, uh, th- by the way, can you hear me okay? Cause, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, you know, just making sure. But uh, no, uh, for pocket pairs, if you really don't know how to play them that well, I just tell people, like, just flat. And if you're not going to – if you don't flop a set – and, uh, I mean, like, if the board comes, like, really dry, call one street. But if the guy double barrels in you, there's not many that guys that can double barrel into a dry board uh, with just nothing. And uh, especially when, you know, when you check call on that board, it's hard for you to have a draw that can bluff you off of. So there's a little less incentive for them to double barrel. But, yeah, I tell them just flat. And if you hit, you know, if you hit a decent flop, go with it. If you have an overpair and you know the guy's going to broke, go broke, with a really weak pair, go ahead and go with it, go with it there. Check raise the flop. Uh, otherwise, I, I see a lot of people like three bet eights, nines, tens, jacks, and uh, sevens when they really don't know what the guy's doing. Uh, I would really, if you're playing online, you want to look for a four bet statistic. If you see that four bet statistic is like 25% or higher, that's pretty high. So if you're three betting, you should have a plan to five bet. Or you mean pre-flop or pre-flop, or pre-flop? Yeah, yeah pre-flop, th- thank yeah. you. Sorry for thank you for clarifying. Yeah, but you should have a plan to like five bet. And if you don't know if it was profitable, you probably shouldn't have done it. And then you know you can use Card Runners EV if you want to like run the math on it or something like that. You know he's four betting these combinations, and if I five bet, he folds these combinations and whatnot. And then uh, it, there's a. Uh, 
you really want to know if the guy's forebetting. And if the guy's forebet is like 9% over a large sample, like, yeah, it's okay to three bet like eights or nines, especially if the guy never folds to three bets and then always folds to the flop. Because then when you both miss, you win. And then uh, if you hit a set, you probably win a lot. So, Mm -hmm. but if, uh, if the guy like four bets you, you have to, a lot of people can't believe it when I like three bet fold sevens, but there's a lot of guys who just, they only four bet tens plus ace king plus, but they're going to flat me with all of their king nine suited and crap like that and check fold the flop. And I would prefer to turn my hand into a bit of a semi bluff than, uh, uh, I would prefer to turn my hand into a bit of a semi-bluff but uh, then just like set mine, especially uh, if somebody behind me is really likely to squeeze but not really likely to cold forebed. But yeah, if you don't really know what to do, just flat. Uh, it, you know, try to play, uh, try to try to just play for one street if you miss the board. Uh, if you hit the board, obviously go for it. I think... Uh, I think you can really improve how you play with those mediocre pairs if you really pay attention to the... If you're going to three-bet semi-bluff, uh, semi-bluff, you should... I don't know why I'm pronouncing that two different ways. I guess, I guess I'm still pretty brain-dead from that morning schedule I just gave <laughs> I gave you guys at the beginning. But look at a... You want to see a low fold to three-bet and a low four-bet because that means the guy calls a lot. That's really important when you're semi-bluffing, when you actually have a hand that could hit a flop. And this is kind of a good hand for it because it doesn't really hit the flop all that often or all that well, but it is something. And then you want to see a high fold to flop C bet or turn C bet, because then that means you can fire at the guy a little more. This is something I'm kind of critical about like old school players, because it's just always like, if you three bet fold a pocket pair, you are Satan. You, uh, you have turned your hand into a bluff. How dare you? You know, and it's, uh, there are a lot of times, like if the guy's four bet is 7% over, you know, 24 opportunities, it's not that likely he's four betting fours. It's not that likely he's four betting ace jack off and you have a significant equity share to call here. So if he makes a big ass four bet, it's okay to fold. And, but yeah, if you don't know what to do flat. Yeah, and what about, I'll just throw this one then, what about, he's saying from a 20 to 30 big blind stack, so oh. what, about, what, what about if he's opening, uh, you know, say, let's go pocket fives, he's he's min-raising early to mid-position, and then he gets three bet from the cutoff, uh, is it just the old, you know, jam it, or, you know, or can he call there, and yeah, it's you know, a... he's, he's out of position, and... I think he sort of like I know I know guys when they used to say that used to get and I remember when I was playing when I started I would sometimes get myself in situations like that before you know it you know half your half your stacks in and yeah you uh, don't know. Or, yeah you know you don't know what the hell just happened yeah 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 I mean the big three bet thing you want to be looking at the guy's three bet by position if this a lot of times a guy has like a three bet of eleven point seven and they're like, Ooh, you know, this is a guy who can bluff because it's really you can't three bet eleven percent of hands. Uh really. I it has to be a, a it, it it's just not likely the guy's three betting down to seven six suited. You can't three bet that many hands for value. Uh so people just go, Oh, he's probably bluffing because I have the right stack for it. Well yeah. uh, uh you know, look at his three-bet button, three-bet cutoff. You know, a lot of times guys like those steal spots. 
Look, three bet small blind, three bet big blind versus steel, not versus a steel, three bet cutoff, three bet button. Find out what spot he likes. Most guys like one spot. I don't really know why. Uh, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, there's a lot of like players I really, really respect. And people go, well, he doesn't do anything amazing. I'm like, exactly. You can't pinpoint any point where he is bluffing you. It's always balanced. That is so rare. I'll tell you 90% of the time, you see a guy 11% three-bet, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do here. Then, like, in your situation, you look at three-bet cutoff. It's 21%, or it's zero out of 25 times. And all of his three-betting is from the small blind. Well, now this has become a pretty dead obvious fold or shove, you know, but all it took was like going in a little deeper. And if you don't know, fold. Uh, I, I, I always profess this, but I can't tell you how far I've gotten. You got to study a lot because then there's a lot of opportunities for you to make up the potential profit you're losing here. But if you study a lot and you can find most situations and you really don't know in a certain situation, it's very likely there's not that much money to make in here anyway. And who cares if he's bluffing you? You don't know. You're not here to play Keno. You're here to put your money in when you know it's correct. So just, yeah. just pass. If the guy got one over on you, and by the way, people, I, I never hear other pros say this, but I'm going to say it again. I get outplayed every day I play. Every day I play, somebody outplays me. You just have to tip your hat. Poker is not a game of perfect. It is a game of making the best decisions you can with the information you have at the time. You will be countercultural and making more money right now if you don't know what's going on and you fold. Because a lot of people at smaller stakes, like the majority of you guys play, just go, who are regulars, go, I don't know what to do, but it's a pocket pair, and I didn't raise to fold a pocket pair, so I'm all in. And you'll, you'll pro and people are adjusting to that subconsciously. They know you can't fold. So they three bet a little tighter because they know they can't bluff you and you're playing right into that. Be countercultural, stack up the money that other people are too afraid to do. And one way to exploit your opponent's range is to fold. That's good. And you reminded me of something when I first, I mean, it must be, I think it's three years ago now, maybe more. Uh, since uh, I got my first lesson with yourself, and it was one of these, I found that, that a lot, and you said it's a lot of Scottish people, English, Irish, etc., and some Italians, and that, you know, any any nation with passion, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you were saying like it's easy to get up in your head and think up these stories of like the guys trying to do this and that. And the best way that you know it taught me was when I started using the HUD and really going into it. Is just ignore that and look, like you say, crunch the numbers, run the stats, look at where he's three betting from and not, and just listen to that because that's that is what you know in a game of unknown sort of thing. You know, you that's know that he, he three bets eleven percent from here or eight percent from here, and just follow that rather than you know, like you say, an online. You know, lives different. You might get these little things he does that makes you guess it or think that he's, you know, bluffing or he's at it or whatever. But uh, definitely online, you've got to just follow the HUD and the stats, like like you say, because it is easy, especially, I think, when you first start playing, to get it in your head, like, ah, this is, I've raised this, this guy's done that, he's just doing this, you know, none of this is known, it's all stories you're creating, like, in your head. 
so yeah, yeah, follow the stats and uh, get some of Alex's videos and stuff on using the HUD. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Actually, uh, on Car Runners, I have some upcoming videos where I get deeper into the HUD than I've ever really gotten. I give away, like, all my... I. I, it, it's like nobody ever taught you the Mortal Kombat combos, and I just give you all the button presses. Like, it, this plus this means this 100% of the time. If you can finish him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, really, it's kind of addictive once you get into it. But, like, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, really, poker is like accepting reality on reality's terms. If uh, a lot of people could be a lot better if they just didn't, you know, get. I mean, people are going to beat you. That's the whole. That's the whole point of poker. I mean, every anybody can win. You know, I get. I mean, there's times I get beat for months at a time. So yeah, you should just stick to. That's why those versus hero statistics are so funny. I have guys who are like, this guy three bets me and messes with me all the time. I'm like, really? Because uh, he's three bet you twice out of 48 opportunities. So. Uh, you know, it, you, there's statistical proof. Yeah, definitive proof. You're just up in your head. Yeah. Uh, who was your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Who did you always choose? Ah, uh, Sub-Zero, because it was boring. But I was never... <laughs> I, I, I didn't... I got into Virtua Fighter quite a bit. And, uh... Yeah, I liked that. I had that in the Sega Saturn. Yeah, man. And there was this one chick I figured out could beat pretty much anyone, because, like, they just kicked up the speed a little too much. And then, yeah, you know, I tried to trying to hustle kids, but nobody had a Sega in the States, man. It was all about Nintendo, and it pissed me off. But, yeah, I was always a Sega kid. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked Sub-Zero, but I, also, I liked Raven as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was it, who was the chase? Was it Louis Kahn? Was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, hell, I don't, dude, I haven't played Mortal Kombat in so he long. To, he, he used to do the bicycle kick thing, yeah, you know, right yeah, across yeah, yeah. the street. <laughs> I, always got, I always got my ass kicked at Mortal Kombat, so I was always like, it, I was like, screw this, man. So I went and played, you know, Pineapple Virtual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, had, it, had, it had, like, the hidden character as well. Was it on the second one? Was it a Noob Cyborg? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it had a crazy visual effect for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was like... That was like a mishmash of the guys that created it. Their yeah. their name, yeah, their yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, so, yeah, it was cool. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. good times. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Actually, the last question. We've Bart, you've been uncharacteristically concise. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think uh, I think your rant at the start was good. It frees you up. Yeah, it frees very. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll maybe have that rant at the start of each show. Um, okay, the last question is from Ed Kilworth again, and uh, it's quite a nice one. Uh, Christmas festivities between Costa Rica and Seattle slash Alaska must be very different. Uh, discuss. <laughs> well, yeah, that was uh, I. Uh, I to- was not expecting that. I'll be. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, Alaska. I don't think I, I was too young to remember any. Uh, uh, any real Christmas in Alaska. In Alaska, it's a uh, the thing that I found really heartwarming about Alaska is just that it, it whether it's the cold or just you know you're kind of dependent on like a boat coming in or something. Everybody kind of ends up working together a little more because they kind of know it, it like you you're a little closer to the fragility of life. Uh, when you just see the t- how the temperature can drop to the point where when you sneeze, your snot rocket turns into ice. 
by the time <laughs> it hits the ground. So it, it's kind of cool that it, it's, you know, there's a large Filipino population there. There's uh, other ethnicities and it's like people kind of come together. They're pretty cool and they're pretty funny and they feed you a lot. And, uh, there's a little more drinking than uh, maybe some other cultures just because, you know, the Russian immigrants and the Irish immigrants and the Scottish immigrants uh, kind of stick to their ways. By the way, I found out my mother's family came over from Scotland the other oh. day. I didn't I never I never really cared about my ethnicity, <laughs> like mm. obviously Irish side from my father, because uh, Fitzgerald, I think, is not obviously not Scottish. But yeah, yeah, I found that out while my mother was here. I was like, oh, cool, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, there's a little more drinking, and then uh, it's uh, it's pretty fun though. And there's something kind of like romantic about freezing while while you have Christmas. I don't know why. That's just me. I always like the. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think that's true. I like the cold. Uh, Seattle. I don't know. Seattle. Uh, Seattle was kind of crazy. I just liked winter time because it's just cold. You know what I mean? I just like the cold and I liked, uh, you know, I liked walking around my hoodie and, uh, you know, smoking up back when I did that, you know, <laughs> like, uh, walking around, you know, and like, uh, it, walking around the big hoodie and, you know, you just, you just kind of chilling. And then, uh, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a little more, uh, C- Seattle though, just because everything is so, everything is so at your fingertips and it's on the cusp of technology and everything. I think people kind of get a little spoiled and they're not as, uh, I mean, obviously this is just my experience, but like family, uh, family stuff just isn't as together. And there's no like inviting people into your house to like share something like maybe you would see in Alaska because in Alaska, you're probably like close to death with the cold. So they're like, please come into my house so I don't have to move your body in the morning. But uh, in Seattle, it's kind of like a little colder. And then I, I kind of like that just because, I don't know, I grew up liking death metal and uh, drinking black coffee and smoking cigarettes and being an emo kid. And then I kind of always liked the winter months for that. But, yeah, you know, as you get older, you kind of go, man, this is lame. You know, we're just not as, you know, we're just not as together as yeah. you would think. And then – when I moved to downtown Seattle, I was taken aback by how many people just don't speak to their parents, like just period. And they're like, oh, yeah, for Christmas, you know, we're all getting together at Todd's house. And it's like, what? You know, like I, I've had more like dysfunction in my family than 99.9% of the people I've met. And I still, you know, I, I still would go see my mom at Christmas and hang out. You know what I mean? It's like. That that was bizarre to me, like how little the people cared about like family and like the parents don't fight to get them there and the kids don't fight to go back home. And it's like, yeah. you know, and a lot of times I'm like, well, your dad hit you or something, right? And they're like, no, no, you know, my dad just isn't very sensitive. And my mother, huh? <laughs> you know, and they're from like really good, like rich families. So that always like confused me, you know. So there was always like around Christmas time, I guess it was. You know, I mean, it's that typical Seattle grunge thing. You know, everybody doing a few more drugs than normal, a few more overdoses than normal, a little more drinking than normal. And, you know, it's, it kind of sounds sad. But that now, by the way, there's a lot of very together families and a lot of great people in Seattle. This is just my experience from 
my limited experience from living in like downtown Seattle, kind of, kind of near, I don't know, the more hipster and then like the grunge element and all that. And then uh, yeah. Costa Rica is like, I kind of miss the cold. I'm not going to lie, but it does get cold enough in my house. It feels like Christmas. So I like that. Uh, the cypress trees you can buy uh, for, you know, it, it's a lot of the, a lot of like the nature and foliage I'm used to with Christmas is here, which I didn't realize. Like I spent a Christmas in Malta and it was like, wow, they put Christmas lights on the red bricks. You know, <laughs> I'm sweating my ass off next to neon, uh, yeah. uh, neon lights. Like it didn't feel like Christmas and it was weird. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, I mean, I know you didn't ask for it, but Christmas in Malta was bizarre because it was, I went out to – I didn't realize all y'all Europeans did everything on the 24th. Do you guys do things on the 24th in Scotland or the 25th? Well, 24th Christmas Eve. So we just uh, – some traditional people go to like midnight mass, you know, Catholics and stuff. And even uh, Protestant churches, they have Christmas Eve services at the church. But apart from a, like a, a meal and stuff, no, that's all twenty fifth Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah, that's how the United States is too. Except for no, yeah. nobody, nobody's religious anymore, and you know yeah. you you can't have a nativity scene because you know, that's just awful and it's going to kill everyone. But yeah. it's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess in most of Europe they do it on the twenty fourth, right? In Costa Rica they do it in the twenty fourth. So like in Malta, I woke up at eight p.m. as was my normal then on christmas day and i went out and i was like i'm gonna go drink alone on christmas right and i went out and met like everybody was partying in the street and like pissed drunk and i was like i had never seen a crowd so big and i was like don't you guys gotta wake up and unwrap presents in the morning they were like oh no that was this morning and i was like okay i was was hoping you guys would be eating turkey right now but (laughs) i mean but by the way i again this was this super like yuppie part of Malta. I'm sure 90% of the island was drinking hot cocoa with their family. But yeah, Costa Rica is really cool because like the temperature feels like Christmas. Everybody's got their trees up. They really get into it. It's weird when you have a hot day or like my mother was just visiting here and I took her to the beach and I was like, it's kind of weird to go to a beach like this close to Christmas, but you know, also very cool. But it's cool because people invite you into their houses. Like, you'll just be walking by someone's house, like your neighbor, and they'll be like, "Hey, come have a tamale with me." And it's, uh, they call it a tamale, but it's like, yeah, it, you know, everybody has tamales. That's a big thing, tamales, and it, everybody has coffee with it. And then, uh, I was really taken aback in Costa Rica. Like the presents are way more thoughtful, in my experience. It's not like look, I got you this super expensive thing. It's yeah. uh, it, to show you how good I'm doing this year. It was, <laughs> it, it's like, hey, it, uh, I notice your coffee machine kind of gets dirty often. So I got you this cleaner for it. And, oh, wow, now my coffee tastes amazing because I got off all the accumulated grease and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a, and just just to be clear, the cleaner wasn't a human cleaner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 Woo, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't top that one. I'm not going to try. But, yeah, it's like, a, yeah, it, it, it was, a, it's like, a, it, you know, it's a lot more, like, family-orientated. 
they uh you get you get together like big families here it's like five families together when you go to the house and stuff like that and it's like it's a really extended family thing and yeah they do it on the 24th and they do it around midnight and uh a lot of food, like tons of home cooked food. Everybody's cooking, everybody, and the food's really good. And, you know, the natural ingredients and everything here makes yeah. it amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of, like, you know, it's kind of. It, it was interesting because you know you're wearing sweatshirts and stuff because it's still cold as hell in certain parts of Costa Rica. And it's like this is Central America, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, but yeah, and it's it's cool. It's like a cold Christmas, and uh, yeah, it's a. You know, you got the hot coffee and you got the uh, people drink, people drink a little, but not as much. You might get the spiced rum or yeah, they like the eggnog here. And yeah, the tamales. It's, pre it's pretty cool. And yeah, people get me really thoughtful gifts here. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's like, oh, there's that one book like you were reading in the, in my library. I got you your own copy in English. And it's like, oh, hey, <laughs> like. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think the weather's a big thing. I mean, in Scotland, the last few days, it's turned quite colder. It's minus temperatures. There's a little bit of frost in the morning on the ground and stuff. So it makes a big difference. You start feeling a little bit more in the sort of festive spirit sort of thing. You know, I, I, I've, I've never understood Christmas on the beach in Australia. I, I don't think I... <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't get it either. In Australia, another day, but... Christmas, I think you got to be cold. It's got to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. you got to experience the seasons. I mean, Scotland, you know, the summer is one day um, <laughs> in Scotland, and, and that is it. But I would, I take the seasonality of Scotland and the UK over, like, constant heat somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it also, it's like people, I love metal music, and, like, metal is, like, really big in Costa Rica, which I like. But it's weird to me, like, when I listen to, like, Swedish melodic metal, right, like, that brings up memories of me, like, walking through the woods, like, you know, just date, like, just going out of my, in my mind, like, having a trip, like, looking up into the stars and stuff, right? And it's like, when I'm in Costa Rica, I'm sweating my ass off. It just feels wrong. It's like, yeah. that's not where this music was made, man. Like, I can't feel it like I was feeling it before. And yeah, Christmas is, you know, it's, it feels so weird when you're in like, yeah, like when I was in Malta and it's just like, you're sweating your ass off. And it's like, you know, you see like Santa on top of the snow-capped mountain. It's like, this just feels wrong. This feels insulting, yeah. man. I'm going to run to Aspen. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Oh, well, uh, that's everything for this episode. That's all the questions and stuff. Uh, Alex, uh, if you want to do your spiel on how people can get in touch with you for lessons etc and uh any other plugs you have uh now's the time all right man and uh by the way guys if you sent a question and we didn't get to it you know just write us again we'll uh you know bug the shit out of barry for me please but no yeah we, keep, keep them coming in yeah, you guys have been really good about getting them in you know we're trying to keep these to like hour-long episodes so we do have to cut it off but yeah i love you how you guys have been writing in keep doing it and we'll keep answering them. Uh, if you want to, let's see, let, let's do the super plugs. Check out my, the cheapest my training videos will be two months for $30 at cardrunners.com. Sign up code free month. 
Uh, you can play poker with me at America's Card Room. Uh, I love the people. I love the site. I love the soft games. It kind of, going back to that home game feel we were talking about, it does feel like that a little more on this site. Now, I'd be really happy if you guys uh, join me there. Uh, the sign-up code we have on the site has Rakeback. I probably could have taken a much bigger cut by not uh, by not offering that. But, yeah, if you want 27% Rakeback, and the Rake is pretty good, like pretty low on a lot of the stuff they have there. And the players do some hilarious things on this site. And fast cash-outs. You know, I like the software. I like the software a lot. It's, you know, and it's getting better every day. They just did a new, like, upgrade. And, uh, I mean, like, I when I'm watching TV, I tend table like nothing on a really small laptop and don't time out and all that. It's really fun. Yeah, check out America's Card Room. Sign up through our link. And uh, if you want to get at me for private lessons, write me at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com. If there's any resource I referenced and you'd like to get a hold of it, Write us at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com. Remember, my assistant is, uh, uh, you know, he works part-time. He's not a full-time guy. So if it takes us a couple days, please forgive us. But uh, And check out facebook.com slash assassinato, Twitter at the assassinato, pokerheadrush.com. Keep your eye out on that site. Uh, it hasn't been updated in a while, but uh, that, well, Jack is updating quite a bit, but my end has been constructing a new website i can't wait to unleash this new website we have like translators working in like spanish and portuguese and russian now to bring the articles to you there's going to be a lot of content uh the new site looks beautiful hopefully it's going to be up in the next couple weeks and uh let's see facebook twitter uh, <laughs> pokeredrush.com uh i think uh i i kind of lost my mojo i can't remember anything more well, oh well read my articles at wptmag.com bluff.com and pocketfives.com and pokernews.com okay there Capiche. yeah and if and if anything's been missed out well you can get them on next show you can throw your net out again and yeah. Back them on the <laughs> yeah you know so uh yeah that's it so uh, as alex mentioned please keep your questions coming in for the show and uh, we're now doing the show weekly in conjunction with america's card room so uh, you guys' questions make the show. Uh, Alex sits here and uh, answers them, and I've got to read them out and throw in my uh, tuppence worth now and again. You know, uh, so keep them coming in. Send the questions to questions at oneouter.com or barry at oneouter.com. Tweet them to at oneouter.com at o n e o u t e r d o t c o m or post them in the Facebook group, um, and I'll get them to Alex on the next show. Uh, as I say, we hope to keep this weekly show going for the foreseeable future. So, you know, keep them coming in. And they can be anything, as you've already seen. We've discussed things from pocket pairs to Christmas in Costa Rica. So uh, you can ask anything you want. Uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.